Hello and welcome to the Presenting Complaint Podcast with me, Adam Norton, and me, Dr. G. Fixed it that time. Yes, we did well. I said the I said the and bit right, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. See, because you threw me off the last time. Yeah, it's terrible. Okay, and, and and today we have another guest. We have our first um female guest, which is very exciting. Oh, nice. It, it, yeah, and it's someone who I've met very briefly once before, but also someone I feel like I know fairly well because every time I see them on Instagram, it actually really brightens up my day. I actually love listening to her stories and seeing her like mess about with a nurse and piss off a nurse and like whatever, just talk mainly nonsense, but some good stuff in there as well. Um, so yeah, it's uh, Hadil or Hadil Does Dentistry. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you guys for having me and I'm honoured to be the first female. I'm very, very honoured, privileged. Thank you guys. <laughs> Lovely. It's yeah. So to meet you as well. I, same with Adam. It absolutely brightens my day as well. <laughs> and, and we were saying just before we started, it's whenever your posts come up, they just feel really human to me, which is really nice because I am someone that compares myself a lot to people on Instagram and to see someone so just open as you are Aww. and I, I learned from something like that you know like I, I learned a lot from you um in how to deal with my patients how to deal with myself so <laughs> I love it as well thank you thank you guys that's really nice of you Lovely. Uh, yeah. so I'm, I'm sure most people listening know who you are um but just for anyone who doesn't just give us a little introduction to who you are and uh and then yeah we'll go from there yeah cool so yeah my name's Hadil my um on Instagram I'm Hadil's Dentistry I graduated from King's College London last summer and this year I've started my FD or DFT in Northwest London um, and uh, actually fun fact I'm doing my uh, DFT in my dental practice that I used to be a patient at since I was a child Oh, so my ES nice. actually took out my teeth before I had my uh, braces. <laughs> so, no that's way. such a full circle moment. Yeah, it's that. very full circle moment. Like the nurse remembers oh. me from when I used to cry in the waiting room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now you're still crying, so, but you. in the in the surgery. <laughs> yeah. In the surgery, so yeah. no one can hear me. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Now I'm making people cry. Now I'm making. Yeah, people yeah. Cry. It's only fair. It's only fair. <laughs> oh, that's but yeah. Yeah. that's me um, so how's dentistry been going then uh yeah so interesting question i would say it's um the, the whole steep learning curve thing that you used to tell us about fd definitely i'm feeling it um it's kind of like on stealth like in thought park and it like goes up and then it goes down <laughs> yeah. and then it goes up. yeah yeah so that's basically every day um, you caught me on a good day, actually. <laughs> Today went very well, um, but a couple of, like last week was just really not good. But um, um, yeah, it is very like it fluctuates a lot. So really good days, really good treatments, a lot that I'm not happy with. Um, but no, it's been going really well so far. I really like my practice. I really like everyone I work with. So yeah, it's been really nice. That's amazing. That's the kind of thing that everybody's so worked up about yeah. in fifth year, isn't it? Like, oh, am I going to get that ES that I hate? Is my nurse going to hate me? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to be like stuck in this. So it's it's always nice to sort of win that lottery, isn't it? Yeah. It's not as common, but whenever you get it, it really sucks for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, something that we do, which you kind of touched up on, is me and Adam regularly sort of reflect on our weeks. And well, it's Monday recording now. So how was your last week? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, last week was hard. Yeah, <laughs> I had a lot of like difficult patients and like that I had to send referrals for and like mm-hmm. communication, a lot of extractions that were really tricky as well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I always calling my ES always just hurts my ego a little bit. Like that extraction yeah. where I'm like, okay, I'm so close and so close, and I'm like, I've lost. Just call my ES. Like it's just like ah. Oh. I feel like I didn't win, but then my ES comes in and she literally, she'll just come in like, do one little thing. She's like, you had it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, for me, a loss is when I call my ES, but it's not a loss because I learn when, when I see her do it. So mm-hmm. yeah, hopefully this yeah, week I goes think better it's than last a, week. It's yeah. a really difficult thing, the calling the ES in and finding that balance, especially at the start, because it's not just your ego that you've got to consider. I always feel like it's also the patient's confidence in you and I I mean I quite early on I had a patient go like I've never had a dentist need a second complaint ever like you I've you've like lost all confidence in you now and I was Mm. like from then I was like like you know like what's the what's you know what's the balance in terms of obviously this patient needs to be confident in me as a clinician and I guess it's how you communicate that to the patient so if you know you and how do you kind of say that to your patient when you're going to bring your ES So in. I'm like, oh, I just need to, I'm, I'm going to speak to one of my colleagues to get a second opinion. Oh, this is very interesting. I want to show one of my colleagues. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah, or like, good. it's a bit of a tricky one. So I always, I never say I'm not able to find, I'm, I've, I've learned this from like older people, like older um, dentists and, and my ES. Never blame it on yourself. So never say I'm struggling to find this. I'm, your root morphology is quite difficult so i'm gonna grab someone to have a look at it maybe they can see something that i i'm missing um it's just like you have to play around with your wording a bit the other day i did a composite filling and um um, I wanted my ES to sign me off for it. Um, so I, I called in my ES and I was like, oh, do you mind having a look? So then the patient looked and I hadn't told the patient, so it was technically my fault. He was like, um, oh, so you're a trainee. I was like, no, no, I'm just so proud of my filling. I wanted to show <laughs> my colleague. And she said, and she went with it. She was like, yeah, us dentists, we get excited about everything. <laughs> so, um, oh, that's yeah, amazing. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, so it's wording, isn't it? It's, it's manipulating wording, the words. And it's very, yeah. And the confidence when you say it as well, like, oh, I need to get a second opinion. But when you're like, oh, so I'm just going to grab for a second opinion. Like, you just have to kind of sell your, like, sell it. And then they'll just be a bit more... Yeah, but it's not always that easy. When I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what the hell this is. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to get my yes. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, amazing. And going back to that yeah. kind of reflection on the last week, have you had like one thing, I'd say just, just clinically, that's kind of been like a, a breakthrough or a light bulb moment that you could share or like uh, this really you know you really oh like and you've made a note of it and you're like oh in the future i'm gonna do this or say i don't know something that just went wrong and you're like oh why did i do that uh oh yeah 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 yeah. so i obturated for an rct and so before i took so when i took the master cone before i obturated i was like like one one millimeter too short so then i i was like oh i'm not gonna be it has to be right at the apex so I went in with the rosary and I was like, just a little bit, just a little bit. And then I put in the the, the GP point and then that's when I obturated. And I, I know I went further down. I was like, okay, I think I made it now. Then when I took the post-op, um, I'd gone through 
by like oh. one mil, but like one millimeter. But I was like, oh, like it, that 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 just annoyed me. And I I think I just need to make sure my apical gauging is on point. But also like I think one millimeter too short is is fine. Like I could have just accepted that. But then I went back in again and then didn't take. So I think that would be like one thing I learned from is RCTs. Mm. Yeah like yeah. punctuation that's what you're there to do you're there to learn aren't you yeah and it only happens whenever you make mistakes mainly and as far as mistakes go it's not the worst one to make i've got patients that i'm taking teeth out for dct and literally one of them had like it was like uh, an upper molar and each roots had a silver point that was like three millimeters out of the roots i'm like mm-hmm. how the hell asymptomatic? <laughs> that was completely unrelated to why we're taking it out mm. yeah that i was like how is this asymptomatic but i do just like a perfect endo and the patient's like ooh, ah, so he has three yeah, months yeah. later still tender <laughs> no i think it, honestly like the the body is is like it yeah. just works in one crazy yeah, yeah. way we don't we set such like high standards for our treatment obviously incorrectly and you want to do everything the best but then some of you see some of the stuff the patient comes in with like you say like overextended root canals or like seven yeah. unit bridges with three pontics like four to three and you and it's been there like 30 years and, and they've got pap on like yeah. every single abutment and it's still not going yeah. to any pain and you're just like okay like maybe my you know my composite where the marginal ridge was a bit high and whatever isn't, isn't the end of the world. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It puts things into perspective because especially because now when we're scrolling, we see perfect mm. dentistry. So it's like yeah. I always compare myself to that. But really, like everyday NHS dentistry, as long as it's working for the patient, mm. they're happy with it. Like a lot of the time I'm like, I give them the mirror and they're like, what's this for? I was like, oh, do you not want to see? And they're like, no, it feels fine. I'm like, but I appreciate the work yeah. I just did. Yeah, yeah, but, come on, I said yeah. it. Yeah. That's so true. And that's a really hard part of FD is finding that balance between mm-hmm. working on, in the NHS, but also keeping a high standard. Mm. And we something we talked uh, a lot about with Luke whenever sure. he was on and there's compromises that have to be made to do Definitely. that. But this is the best year to sort of put time aside because that's, you know, you shouldn't be sort of stressed out working to, you know, a minute by, by now, you know, you should be still having time to get confident in the procedure. So get, you know, and then I'm quoting again, do what TJ said, get good first, then think about getting efficient afterwards. So, yeah. you know, that you're absolutely right. And, and, and sounds like you're doing really well. And that's, yeah. that's the thing, like, it, we want to be, we don't want to be a loss for the, for the practice we're working at. But at the same time, mm. you need to balance like learning your bread and butter, but also like trying to challenge yourself. Mm. I always feel like if I do a feeling comfortably and I feel like really good at the end of it, I'm like, okay, but I like that challenge. So I'm like, okay, what could I have mm. done that would have made it better? Even if in the moment I hate that feeling like, oh, this this sectional matrix is just so fiddly. I'm just going <laughs> to stick a matrix band on. Like that's yeah. the easiest yeah. thing. And my yes was like, it doesn't matter in the moment if you're struggling. In the long run, you need to practice this. So just put yeah. your foot down and, and just firm it. As long as it Absolutely. takes you to, to put that rubber dam on or whatever, like, just go for it. Yeah. You see so many patients and and if you do those hard, fast rules, like you're saying, like for myself, something I bring up a lot is that I really, really struggle with crowns. So I literally said, right, okay, I'm just going to do loads of crowns right now because I'm not going to feel like this the whole year. I don't want to. Or similarly, if you really hate like putting rubber dams on, just tell yourself, right, 
for each white composite, I'm I'm uh, white composite for each white <laughs> filling. I'm going to put a rubber dam on. Like yeah. that is the rule, and you just have to do it. And before you know it, all of a sudden you're still doing it in like a month or two month time, <clears throat> and you're like, oh, that's this is way easier than yeah. before. Like it, it it comes around way faster than you think. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's avoiding building them them bad habits, isn't it? So at dental school, we're always we've got three yeah. hours for every appointment. We're always gonna do mm-hmm. the gold standard, and it's so easy to. To mm-hmm. to slip into into building into building bad habits, cutting corners, and it's it's keeping 100%. keeping them high. But also, we're so clinically inexperienced that that keeping them high standards for every single patient in lots of different scenarios. And I think that's something I really took. Because obviously, see everything on Instagram, gold standard, gold standard. And I kind of went into FD thinking every patient I see. I'm gonna do this like gold standard adhesive dentistry, and I'm not gonna do a crown <laughs> like a full crown prep, and you know, like everyone's gonna get posterior composites, and um, you know, I've got all this time for every. But you realize also quickly, it's it's a lot of patient management, and also I think now I kind of I'm aware which patients have just been so routinely coming in for half an hour appointments where they get a posterior amalgam and two GICs whacked in, mm. and you know i've had a few where they've not really enjoyed sitting in the chair for 70 minutes while i put rubber dam on and sectional matrices and they build it up and that's that was a really kind of light moment for me is like okay like some of these patients i'm actually not just even though the dentistry might not be as good like their experience of coming to the dentist won't you know they they don't they're not here for that kind of dentistry Mm-hmm. yeah i think as well like for me the the biggest eye-opener was also dealing with like the finances and like selling dentistry mm. like not necessarily so we're doing nhs dentist dentistry like primarily but today i was like trying to tell a patient like this is the difference the difference between composite filling and a silver filling and amalgam filling and that was the first time i, I did it and i was just like i always feel like i'm selling a car or something but obviously, yeah yeah and and it's like there is a difference and these kind of stuff we were never taught in uni um mm. like all of the like all the and uni we were taught in uni oh like the shrinkage and the polymerization and all of this of a of composite mm. and then but i'm not going to say that to a patient like i'm sorry but in my my patient demographic barely understand like what i'm speaking most yeah. of the time so i'm not going to go into <laughs> the science of it so i need to mm-hmm. say it to them I'm like composite, you know, small, it's more conservative. I don't need to make a massive hole in your tooth. Amalgam is nice and strong, but I do need to cut a lot of your tooth. Like in the be- in the best way I can explain it so that they can understand. Whereas in, in uni, we definitely weren't taught that. And obviously amalgam was not even like, I maybe did want a couple of amalgam fillings at, u- at uni, but like, yeah, yeah that, that whole done. aspect, paperwork, for me, that was uh-huh. like, whoa, that was a big, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it it still is What's it still is for me to be honest. That side of it, go ahead, Cena. We're, we're we're talking obviously because it's so stressful, it's difficult. I I know we're talking a lot about things you struggle with, but what are you sort of quite surprised that you're doing really well with going into FD? Very good question. Um. Oh, it's it's really nice to criticize yourself, but it's not nice to yeah. say what you. It's not, uh, is it? I think I've I think I've like work work well with my team. So I think like mm. I've really settled in my practice very very nicely. Um, like everyone I work with, we, we have a lot of bands. 
um, yeah. we're almost getting into the TikTok stage, so I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Um, yeah. What? I think just generally. Ideal reels. <laughs> I think just generally, like. Um, oh, what? I don't know. That's a good question. I think, like, just talking to patients and just massive. kind of, yeah, like. I haven't had any major like complaints and, and or like problems with any patients. Mm-hmm. I think that that's been good. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess it's not as daunting as uh, the first day of work. I was like, oh my God, how am I going to see eight patients? Now that's I'm good. seeing like 10 patients a day-ish. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, like give me more. Nice. Like it's like, okay, I can <laughs> cut my appointment time. Not that, not yeah. that like I'm rushing. But no, no, I get you. You're efficient. Yeah, yeah. What about <laughs> That's you? That's good because I, I don't think I. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't think I sort of got to the double digits mark until like a good sort of four to six months in. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely took my time there. Yeah. But I, I'm a hundred percent the same. My, because because in Northern Ireland, all we do is just chat the whole time. <laughs> um, the gift of the gob is there, and and just like I really do feel that communications got me out of so many sticky situations, mm-hmm. and it just gets everything off to the right start i'm not saying perfect all the time and whenever things go wrong it's usually communication based yeah but exactly like you're saying so sort of trying to communicate price trying to communicate treatment options trying to just get someone eased into the chair and understand what's their objectives for what we're doing and then what's our my objective yeah and do they align and mm-hmm. who needs to budge and it's usually you obviously um it just goes a long way and i'm a firm believer that in dentistry if you have to be good at something, you should be good at communications. Otherwise, no one's going to think you're a good dentist. 100%. On Instagram, we'll think you're sick. <laughs> but the patient's going to go back like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> yeah. You know? So so I think the same as well. What about you, Adam? Oh, I mean, what into what, what question? Like, what have uh, you so... found you're, you're doing really well? Well, you know what? Recently, I've surprised myself with extractions because... At uni, and that me and Sina will know this from kind of day one on this podcast, I've always spoke about how terrible, how like low confidence I was with extractions. Like at Leeds, we had to do 20 and I'd say 16 were like grade two, three mobile. And I, I remember like mm-hmm. on, within the first week, I had like two or three extractions sure. where like I'd literally just like faffed about with a luxator around and like, then just got my AS in and my AS has gone, oh, you've done, you've done all the hard work, Adam, like, well done, like, to the patient. But I know, like, I, I did, like, literally nothing. But now, now, like, it's, I'm, still, I'm not saying I'm, like, great at extraction. Surgicals is still, like, I don't think I'd be confident doing that, really. But just, be. like, run-of-the-mill yeah. extractions to go from what I was, which was, like, absolutely horrendous to now, um... Mm you know i'm feeling happy with it. and also just just the basics like like you say getting confident um getting patients in and out getting more efficient with your exams understanding understand i feel like understanding caries is a big one as well like the feel the texture yeah. caries removal caries identification um like so yeah and just yeah enjoying enjoying kind of the the rapport building as well with the patients and i'd say the, the big thing that's changed from now till uh, the start is treatment planning and not, but within the within the NHS or within your practice system, because at the start I was just, mm. I think, so focused on getting the diagnoses right, getting all the all the other things right, but the actual like banding and just organising it and like the is it avoidance of doubt document? I don't know if you've read that. 
where you can like yeah. stage the treatments for, and that that type of thing has been massive as well course of treatments yeah yeah that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. been that's another thing that i think like in uni we did it so different we used to faff around on like really irrelevant things so i, I mean i'd love to speak to a dean of a uni and be like listen listen teach your this students this because they'll appreciate yeah, 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 that yeah, yeah. yeah. um <laughs> like obviously with diagnoses like okay yeah it is important obviously like perio um or like caries whatever but i think definitely like the main stuff and that avoidance of doubt is sick we we did a treatment planning study day we went through that and i like actually understand but i still feel like it's hard to explain that to a patient like i'm yeah. like hey, i'm gonna remove your caries i'm gonna put something temporary and come back in three months they're like but why don't you just do permanent filling now and yeah. sometimes like and we're gonna I don't charge know what to say. you like, and we're gonna charge you again yeah yeah so it's bit, it can get a bit yeah. awkward like talking about money i'm like 70 pounds 70 pounds. Yeah. yeah but um... <laughs> we're so bad as dentists talking about money we're, we're terrible at it. and it's because it's deemed wrong to be charging for a dental service we most of us came into i know some people these days are going in straight for business but the vast majority <laughs> of us don't go into dentistry with money in mind because you do not last you just don't last very long unless you're psychotic and i think that's why sort of we're so much on the back foot when it comes to talking about money and, and i was so grateful that my FD practice, they were on this sort of ethical sales kind of course thing they, they bought and they offered me to go on it. And it oh, was wow. so good. And obviously there was sometimes I'm like, why right, this is clearly just for private. But I learned so much just talking about NHS as well. And the whole thing I really got from them, if I summed it up, was that to me, if I don't just openly talk about the price, I'm not getting good consent. I'm not giving this patient the best interest. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm prejudging people when they come in my door saying like yeah that person's never gonna get a white filling and then that's the person who buys, buys bleaching from me in the end you know yeah. so it's something that is very hard to learn yeah but it's it's really good to get comfortable with it and just say it just practice just saying the price and not automatically thinking that it's 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 going to be rejected or you know something negative is going to happen or that you're a horrible person from it because the price is the price and if you feel bad about it just remember all those exams you were crying over all the money you're going to have to pay back <laughs> yeah. for student yeah. finance yeah. You know? so so it's absolutely something adam we were just circling back i think something you do really well with it, which, which i'm a bit jealous of is that you might disagree but i think you've got a really good work-life balance I, I i always hear you sort of being quite consistent with the gym mm. you reflect loads I, I know all the other stuff you do outside um our podcast as well so i think your work-life balance is really good which is probably why mentally you're in a pretty okay place oh yeah we're trying, we're trying. Give us some tips. i mean well i actually had it i was gonna flip i was gonna flip that on <laughs> i was gonna flip that on to you and kind of say because i always see you as well you're playing football you ask what do you do you play badminton yeah. as well or am i making tennis, tennis. Yeah, tennis yeah tennis. so tennis yeah. tennis so you you tell us how you know how have you found how have you found that transition because i've also seen on your story you're kind of saying obviously you're missing a lot of your friends and i know you guys yeah like, um you guys in at kings go to portsmouth don't you and you seem to have like a really tight group down there so how have you found that mm. going to a bit i guess you've got a really nice practice but kind of that maybe isolation of fd and keeping up with people and yeah. keeping um uh, hobbies and stuff when you're working nine to Social, five and I don't yeah. know how long your commute is and stuff like that but in london it tends to be quite yeah. a, a long one for people 
So luckily, my my practice is like super close to my house, um, but my hours are like nine to six, nine to six thirty, so it's uh-huh. a bit longer. But wow. um, I will say, like, yeah, like in uni, me and my friendship group stay in after after hours. Like the security would literally kick us out because we'd just be chilling. So obviously, and at lunchtime, we just sit and like gossip and like talk about our patients and like what happened. Um, so in the beginning, the first couple of weeks, I was really like, guys, like I'm really lonely. <laughs> obviously, my my practice was lovely, yeah. but it was after you after work. I just be like, oh my god, like. I and going into Central, like my uni was in Central, and in Central there's everything. So we just pick to a do, place and yeah. like go Chinatown, go Leicester Square. So um, in the beginning it was difficult, but basically I think as soon as I got into my routine, it worked. And now whenever we have anyone's birthday or anything, we just plan it in advance. Like we do random FaceTime calls. Obviously, I don't see my friends as much as I love to because they're also like not very close to where I live but um we we make sure to see each other once every like two three weeks at least um but in terms of so I'm I love routine so I'm a routine girly like I like to have my day for a specific thing so I've been doing Wednesday football for the last couple of years so I think with work actually it's helped like um it's helped everything kind of stay consistent because like Mm -hmm. it's not like uni where oh like I have a random day off here random I've got half day there half day there like your timetable kind of shifts around with work. It's like, I know this day, I finish at this time. Um, so uh, I actually quite like that. So I, I have my, you know, like Wednesday football, Saturday morning uh, tennis. Um, I'm starting basketball again. I'm happy to announce. Good. So nice. in the new year, hopefully. Uh, I've, I've been trying to go gym. Trying. But yeah, so yeah, just like, you know, staying, uh, staying active and staying social definitely makes a difference. And, I don't know about you, Adam, but like I used to get home in the first few weeks and like completely knock out. Like I was drained. Um, yeah. And my TPD, who's like the program director, she was like, in the first few weeks, that's fine, but you can't let that, you can't let your life be like get home, sleep, do nothing, mm-hmm. because oh, so true. Like you can't. Um, yeah. That so in the beginning I was like, okay, fine, but now, no, I'm not gonna nap during like not gonna nap during the evening. Mm-hmm. That's just gonna ruin my whole routine um mm-hmm. and then yeah when you think about it like if I'm going to be working my whole life I can't afford to like sleep as soon as I get home like that's not yeah. going to work in the long run so I'm trying to train yeah. myself to stay um stay busy on the evening so that I yeah don't fall into that trap but what about but what about mm-hmm. you Adam yeah no I, I think it, it it's almost um backwards the it, when you actually go and like think oh i'm gonna have a rest on an evening and sleep it actually just makes you more tired and more isolated yeah. and gives you less energy and just takes you down like a a, a downward spiral whereas if you're going out you're yeah. doing things you're staying active it just keeps that positive momentum and that um discipline and all these other things it actually makes you i think a better a better person a better dentist and it it, it really mm. keeps you going so that's i mean that's what i found i mean i'm trying to stay as consistent as I can with the gym so waking up early and obviously sometimes especially I'm up in Darlington up in the north and it's been like Mm. freezing cold we've had snow we've had everything and it's just getting out of bed when when you don't want to and I I mean for me it kind of hangs over me like the rest of the day is like if I didn't wake up and go to the gym it's like and I, I actually think it does affect me when I go to work in terms of my like yeah. energy and how I hold myself and all of that so yeah I mean uh, night times um 
you know, less so. And to be fair, like I, did, I when at the start I was going to play squash because I used to play a lot of squash, and now I've kind of fallen yeah. off that a bit. And I wish that was something I was doing mm. more. But um, yeah, I think yeah, you got a. I my my weekends have been kind of jam packed for a little while now, and I do. I find them weekends so much better than weekends where I just sit about uh, even going into the week in terms of energy and all that rather than just like oh I'm just gonna sit in my house and sit on the sofa and watch a movie or watch the F1 or watch you know well not watch Man United play anymore because we're terrible but um, yeah (laughs) yeah sad 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 yeah so yeah yeah, I completely agree with you and I I just want to round off the kind of clinical conversation we're having about FD and ask if there was one thing where you could go back to September and do differently or think about things differently, like that, that you think could have a big impact. Is there anything that you've you'd kind of change? Oh, um, good question. Because my, I'll what tell I you, my mean? mind is being yeah, so kind of mine is be, be, being so on it with that um, gold standard dentistry. It, it was too okay. much, and I've, I've I've not got myself into trouble, but I very easily could have gotten myself into trouble by uh, doing that on patients where I, like I shouldn't have, or offering like adhesive onlays on patients who were like bruxists, and I just because I had it in my head that that was the best way to conserve tooth structure and mm. not looking at the wider the patient as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like one of our, so one one of our. Uh, um they like lead the study day they were like you have to look at the tooth the mouth and the patient you don't just create like you have to consider all of these options yeah so i agree with yours i think mine would be put my foot down i think sometimes i have people play people my es actually read me in the first week she was like hadid (laughs) i can tell you're a people pleaser and you just want to do whatever makes the patient happy because that's just how I like to, that's just how I feel <laughs> validated. Mm-hmm. But she said, but some things you need to put your foot down and stay firm in your decision. And there have been times where I feel like I've been backed into a corner by a patient or by anyone. And um, like I've maybe said, I'm going to do something that I don't think I should or I don't feel comfortable mm-hmm. doing. And then it's caused a bit of a riffraff and I've had to call my yes in like, by the way, actually like, in, in hindsight, we shouldn't have done this or we should not do this. So I am actively trying to like put my foot down and and really like, no, this is not clinically necessary. Um, yes. Like, and you know, this is an ethical dentistry, stuff like that. Um, putting my foot down and being more firm in my decision, even if that's not gonna, that's not what the patient wants to hear, but it's not about what the patient wants to hear, it's what they need to hear based on your mm. professional opinion. That's one thing I would say, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah you didn't do all those years to not know what you're talking about oh, yeah. you know? so you gotta give yourself credit yeah, yeah but exactly. it's, it's definitely a tough one that one it's a tough one because i think you only yeah. get that um confidence in in standing up to the patient after a bit of time as well of, of like really backing what you're saying i think if it's something obvious you you can do that but i think sometimes it's just it's experience but lincoln harris talks a lot about, about that to be fair and that was something that i kind of you know that you, you know you you are a doctor and the patient you know if the, his thing is like if the patient's going for a knee operation you won't tell the knee surgeon i want a pin in the back rather than yeah. the front because it's going to look better you know 
but some for some reason patients think they can come in and kind of say i want you to do this two flat this or i want yeah. you to re-cement this this crown that's you know vertical root fracture and you know it yeah so very interesting yeah so I think, yeah that's that's my one yeah lovely lovely so let's move on to kind of um what your plans are for next year because dct application is coming up in january it's mm. something i'm toying with a lot obviously seen as a dct and i think even though it's it probably wouldn't be a year that i'd really enjoy massively and hospital wouldn't suit me i feel like long term within a year of a 50-year career it might build a lot of skills and have really good experiences to work in a, in a different environment for one year where i'll probably mm. will end up in practice for the rest of my life so what are your thoughts at the minute that's so interesting adam do you not like hospital no i don't think so I, not at the minute really? yeah oh interesting well, but you don't go to the, like did you you worked in hospital at uni right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you're in like a hospital environment yeah uh -huh. so oh that's yeah. so interesting i i find I, I, the but i've never i was never a big fan hospital. of oval surgery which which was which was part oh. of that and then just like i felt like practice just gives you a bit more of like a ability to be yourself and you, yeah. you're like you're working in a well i guess in hospital you're working in a team but like more of like a i don't know it, at the time it felt like a i don't know like you could have values that weren't didn't have to be aligned with the national health services its values and like you could express your own yeah. values through your treatment and that's what i think that's what yeah, yeah. appealed to me there you you have more autonomy of your treatments and patients and yes. stuff like that. I get that. Yes. I like the chaos of the hospital. It's quite <laughs> it's quite like stimulating. Like I just feel like oh like you know like, um, but I'm quite like I like that. Um, but surprisingly, I've not felt bored in practice. I I always thought I'd be someone who'd feel quite bored in practice, but that's not been the case so far. Um, but I did enjoy the hospital environment. But I know what you mean. In the hospital, everyone gets lost. Like there's like ten consultants. Like 50 nurses running around like you don't it's, you don't have that regularity or that routine because mm -hmm. you'll just be thrown mm -hmm. into some like random clinic here and there um i also have the same um i do i, I am thinking of applying to dct i'm not sure what will what i'll rank um as my top choice or whatever i think i'm gonna apply and see what i get but my main thing for going for dct is um in a in a career of like what 30 it depends how long i want to stay in dentistry for but you know 30, 40 years. <laughs> um what's one or seven to 50 <laughs> he's, no. he's 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 happy he's dead adam's gonna stay in his practice um what's one or two years of like something uh -huh. just a bit different gonna do it's gonna give you skills okay you're gonna have a bit of a uh like a pay pay cut in those two years but like i guess we're still young like we don't have like the you know really major commitments or responsibilities that we may do in like sure. 20 years time so like it's just two years of a bit more craziness and chaos like why not <laughs> but again it depends it. on like it. what i get and stuff like that but what what well you know, you tell us because you're in dc do, do you regret the decision at all no, he has, I, you hesitated. I did because I was just thinking of what I could say, and, and I can't really say it. But maybe I'd choose somewhere else. But um, it's it's 
fantastic. I love it. Okay. I, mean, I know that I'm a kind of person that when it comes to money and my managing my own money, I'm I'm not I'm going to adapt my lifestyle to my paycheck and mm. if it comes down then I'm a bit screwed. I have to keep going up, you know? So this is the time for me to take the financial hit. Yeah. It's not as bad as you think it is, especially depending on where you sort of go. But I just think you kind of nailed it on the head. Like in a, in a career of so long, this is such a tiny blip, mm. and you really get so much. Even if all you learn is what's going to happen to your patients when you refer them, it's massive, and that's absolutely not all you're going to learn. No matter what area you're going into, you're going to learn so much that 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 is going to be applicable whenever you're if if you go back to general practice. But the thing is, as well, it just opens up so many doors. Mm. It opens up even more doors, as many doors as there are in, in dentistry. And I really do, I, I think I can confidently say that if you're sort of humming and eyeing and, and you, you don't really know what your long-term place is mm. in the dentistry world, then I think you should do at least one year of DCT because then you've got the full picture. Mm-hmm. When you're working in hospital as a student, obviously everybody has a different sort of idea, but... It, it's, it is quite different than when you're there as a DCT because you've got a lot more responsibility mm. and a lot more things you can do. And so if you want just a full picture before you decide to do something, that's a good thing. That's why you should be doing it. If you want to upskill, that's why you should be doing it. Obviously, if you if, if it's a tick box exercises for certain diplomas or, or um, specializing, then you should do it for that as well. But it's you'll you'll be so shocked in what you enjoy and don't mm. enjoy because i went in i was like oh i'll just i'll take this oral medicine it comes up with everything i like the oral surgeon restorative that comes with it <laughs> oral medicine is my favorite right now no way which is insane. yeah yeah insane. i love the oral surgery as well when i get it <laughs> me and adam were talking about yeah that was yeah. I mentioned when i said it but yeah you know it's just you really not just learn about the career but you learn about yourself a lot especially from what i've heard if you do max Fox, which is what i'm hoping to do next year the way sort of the yeah the way the dcts and the consultants and staff grades have explained it to me they, they've said yeah look you're not going to learn much dentistry but you're going to learn a lot about yourself and and in the sort of stage of my life that i am right now i think that's something that i can really do with yeah so I'd absolutely again just recommend applying mm. for you know signing up on Oriel. I think it's it's next month. Yeah. Um and and seeing you know ideally just go through the whole stages and and see what you get. I'd I'd, I'd hate for someone to regret not to just yeah. do that. That's because that's because yeah. then you are kind of stuck or there's no reason to to be stuck in that situation. Yeah, like the worst um, outcome is you just you apply, you decide actually I'm not going to go for it, and then you just w- yeah. withdraw, defer, whatever. So really like there's exactly. it's just playing it safe it's a bit like a safety net um what, exactly that. what do you think about because i'm really worried i de-skill like i've been working on my root canal skills this whole yeah, year yeah, and all yeah. of a sudden i'm like i start a year Zero. after dct yeah. and i'm like um yeah so the, what, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. one of my main concerns what what what, what do you mm-hmm. think so so my dct is a six month six month rotation so first six months i'm doing all surgical medicine right now and the next six months i'm doing restorative now had i start in restorative first maybe i'd be saying something different but i can absolutely say that de-skilling is well and truly underway because i work every other saturday in a private practice <laughs> <laughs> okay. there's, there's, there's no, there's no, no i wanted to hear it. yeah there's no sugar coating it you do yeah. de-skill and and, and 
this is where it freaked me out because I work every other Saturday in a private practice, so I'm selling private treatment here. And I struggled just, I was literally, I was using Compensate, I was like, how does this thing work? Like, the material won't listen to me, you know? It sounds so stupid, but, but you do, and it's a lot quicker than I expected. Mm. But you pick it up really easily yeah. as well, you know? And especially from people I've talked to who've done like DCT1 and DCT2 and Maxilax and went back to practice, they're fine now in that, that first three months. So you yeah. feel a bit like an FD again. In my opinion, I think that's a good time to unlearn some bad habits you picked up mm. <laughs> when you were first starting. That's it's, true. It's, it's a struggle enough. I don't, I really don't think, yes, it, it's stress, but it's not, I don't think it's so stressful that you should let it influence your decision making. Yeah. You will de-skill, maybe not as much if you're in something like peds or, or restorative, but again, that's nothing compared to the upskilling you do and you can always the amount of this is the thing the amount of patience you see in general practice you pick up things really quickly you learn very quickly yeah and you get back to it so mm-hmm. yeah that it definitely fine, is a thing fine. i just i just wouldn't waste your time worrying about that yeah 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 no i think i think i, think I, think I will so. yeah yeah i think there's something okay. i i'd be looking forward to in hospital again is working with kind of young like-minded people like that is something i really miss from uni like i lived in a house with five of us we were so like uh, we did i mean obviously it was final year but we talk about things at night time you'd learn so much from each other um similar to i guess to her deal and her friends like or even just like gossiping about patients or whatever but you, through them stories you'd also kind of take things away or like, yeah. or whatever and, and it'd be it'd be really fun and um i feel like in hospital at least you'd have you like because i'm 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 a little bit jealous of the people on the two, like we have a, I don't, in London, you have the two year schemes as well, don't you? Mm. And like, yeah. they've got like, they're together in hospital and then they're together in practice. And it just seems like they've got a really nice kind of, kind of group there and the, you know, sharing ideas. And I feel like, because well, my scheme anyway, North Yorkshire is, is so big. It's, that is less doable. So I feel like in hospital, again, mm. that is something I'd be, I'd be looking forward to. The, the social life is great and like listen let's talk like worst case scenarios right because it's not that bad so again something i've been getting into adam from our stoicism <laughs> <laughs> um and the worst case scenario unless you're doing max max let's say is that you don't really enjoy what you're doing maybe you hate it but even if you hate it you see a handful of patients a day you get to leave on time you most likely will get to leave earlier than you usually do and you get to have the rest of your day to do whatever you want and then you know what to expect the next day going in and it's generally very nice slow chilled pace and again on top of that worst case scenario there's going to be people there to help you when things go wrong Mm. it's not a bad case scenario you know and like adam you were saying it is just a year it goes so fast and as soon as you see how fast fd went you'll reassure yourself further with that it's 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 so quick it's yeah, crazy like it's almost it's, it's yeah. stupid <laughs> it's yeah. like it's yeah. something i'll let you guys know is that after christmas you almost get this no don't worry if you don't get this feeling but a lot of us from everybody i've talked to finds that you get that nice big break in christmas and you get to unwind and then you come back in with a with a fresh new mindset uh-huh. And all of a sudden, you're in a practice where you know where everything is, you know how things run, and you know most of your patients 
or you, you've already made a lot of mistakes that you've learned from mm. it goes even quicker it goes so scary quick. i don't want it yeah, to end yeah. yet <laughs> yeah i know exactly but then that's so yeah. that's another thing so prolonging that sort of the, that training time there is absolutely a, a a right time to sort of no not a right time what i'm trying to say there is absolutely people who aren't made for hospital and are made for practice yeah but i think for those people who maybe are made for hospital who don't seize that opportunity at the start they will have regrets com- mm. compared to someone who went to hospital yeah but it was actually more for practice that that's that's just my concern i don't want anybody to have regrets in a career like dentistry where one of the <laughs> one of the sometimes few benefits that can be heard is that there's so many ways you can go literally if you had a terrible year this year next year i bet you'll find a position where you don't have to see a patient yeah so many roles you can you can fill as a dentist you know and and recognizing that even if dentistry isn't your thing you're a very highly qualified individual you're just surrounded by other very highly qualified individuals and it could be hard to see that i don't know how i went on that time i am gonna say no no that was quite (laughs) insightful really (laughs) yeah (laughs) something we wanted to touch on with with you Hadil and me and Sina actually did a, a talk for Leeds dental student final years um, I saw this last, I saw this last week uh, which was really really fun yeah. but his, his advice for final years I know it varies a lot so I think it was for Leeds so I kind of took the lead on this one because all the dental schools mm. have kind of different ways and i know kings you guys don't really do any exams at the ends because it doesn't matter to you guys and... <laughs> no listen it was because and also yeah. exams are bad. it's just a shame um, i just never <laughs> yeah, just yeah he's online yes king they allow it yeah, i Everyone know you guys have a thing all the non-Kings, all the non-King students, uh, FDs in my scheme, yeah. they just have this like urge to mention this every single time, and we're like, well, we make up the majority of the scheme, so. so. <laughs> um, yeah, fair enough. So, so for Kings, in-person exams are back. Yeah, are they? Yeah, yeah, they're back. The final oh, years are gosh. so shook, poor guys, but. Oh no! So you can't yeah. really help them. I was can born you? in the correct year. Well, have you got have you got any advice? <laughs> Have you studied dentistry? Shots are being fired. Hadil did dentistry. Hadil does and will do dentistry, okay? Um, You're just trying to fake it with the title. <laughs> so basically, um, Kings, as far as I hope, I don't think it's changed. We set our finals March time. And then mm-hmm. after March, you have Easter. And then basically, it's just banging out clinics. Um, I've had a lot of like messages from final year King students like, oh, like FD, DFT applications, like just that. And I'm like, guys, sit the exam, sit the SJT, and then just like put DFT in a little box in your brain and lock it up and don't think about it till whenever they tell us June, May, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Because firstly, it's such a slow process. Um, it's very mm-hmm. last minute in the summer. Um, yeah. And really like now it's just the time to focus on gaining as much clinical experience as well as you can and kind of like doing like as much as you can but also you know revising for exams yeah yeah of course sure because I did loads of that but also um 
But also, um, just having fun in final year because it's like uh-huh. when I was yeah. in first year, all the fine, all the like you know final years, and the people who just graduated were like, "Enjoy uni, it's gonna go so fast." I was like, "No, I want to work," you know, like it's gonna. Oh, now I'm exactly like, stay in uni and have yeah. fun. Don't, don't like, oh, I've got to revise. No, no, no none of that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. revise while you're at uni, and then just yeah. So I think having fun and like just you know creating memories like like just yeah. uh, living your best life but also like gaining as much clinical experience building good rapport with your tutors by the way i feel like that's really important because we had a tutor that we really liked um and she ended up to be one of my uh, friends uh yeses so that's oh, quite cool and i think wow. yeah a lot of my tutors I speak to like regularly ish um, because like on Instagram and stuff. So it's, it's quite nice um, that that's one thing I would say. And also like, you know, networking mm-hmm. within uni and then also like outside uni, just like how, you know, I met you, Adam, obviously I was Instagram, but like going to like the dental conference, oh, I met you guys yeah. and uh, a couple of people. So yeah, stuff like that, I would say don't like bog down on like DFT in the next step, just like live to enjoy the moment. Um, and then when the next step comes then it does that's why even with like you know applying for DCT and like associate and specialties I'm like listen I'm not there yet I don't know what I want to do I'm just taking each day as it comes Um, I don't know what I'm going to apply for I don't know if I am going to specialize like I've got no idea yet and I don't want to think about Mm -hmm. that till you know it just naturally comes to me like I'm not going to force it on myself to specialize that's what I would say. Sure. Yeah. What I about you? What did you? And I, I, yeah. I, well, this isn't actually what I said because it was a bit more like finals exams based. But I think you made a really yeah. good point there is that I felt like a massive pressure in uni to optimize the amount of clinical experience I was getting because I knew it was going to be so low. And like really like, you know, if a patient didn't come, we had like uh, like an almost like an emergency department and trying to get patients off there. Or, you know, obviously mm-hmm. if a patient didn't come, it was like the end of the world and trying to just do what <laughs> yeah, I could, do phantom head, whatever. But I think there's a real limit to what you can do at uni um, in terms of that. And I'm not saying don't work hard and don't push yourself and don't try and be the best and that, that potentially you can be. And that was always a thing for me as well. But yeah. like you've got to enjoy uni and you know if you get to fd year and you've done a little bit more or a little bit less it doesn't really matter like me and extractions like okay i was shit at the start and now i'm i'm, I'm getting there but it, it wouldn't have mattered if i was good at the start because i'd still probably be good now because you get all the experience in dft and the the volume of patients you see like 10 a yeah. day within you're seeing so say you see 10 a day you're seeing 50 a week I don't, you won't have seen 50 patients at dental school. You can't, it's impossible Honestly. to get, it's impossible to get that volume. So you, you're just not yeah. going to get the clinical experience no matter what you do, no matter if you push every day, go, you know, whatever. So just enjoy it. And enjoy, like you say, enjoy the time with your friends and, you know, pass your exams, work hard. Don't, no, don't say, don't go and like push and learn because also I don't think at Leeds anyway, we, we really... I really, anyway, took advantage or understood like the the the, the people there teaching you, the consultants. Mm. They really know what you're doing. So, like I say, get to know them, talk to them, ask them the questions. And I think, obviously, as a, I think as a, it's hard in final year because I think for me, my focus was pass my exams, become a get yeah. my, um, you know, get my whatever my degree, and then 
think about everything afterwards but if you can and if yeah. you, especially I think for you guys where the exams weren't as rigorous <laughs> it might have been a bit easier <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know also like for us like it was dog eat dog at one point post COVID uh, like for, there for, was for like I had patients yeah, yeah yeah like I heard in some unis across the river from Kings and <clears throat> Bart's there was spreadsheets <laughs> being made mm. Agree. There were spreadsheets being made as to like, and people would like lie on the spreadsheet to see. So it it got quite toxic at one point. But honestly, like one or one less or one more extraction during uni yeah. has made zero difference. Or that one denture yeah. that I didn't do in uni, like DFT. I am re. I am unlearning and relearning yeah. dentistry. Yeah. Like yeah. it's insane. Constantly. What I thought was the case, actually. Yeah it's not the case or it's not applicable yeah, yeah. in real life dentistry like yeah so yeah. 100%. again like don't not turn up to clinics don't yeah. not opt to see patients but just like take everything with a pinch of salt and like in fd you're gonna get more than you can ever imagine <laughs> so yeah, yeah i'd mm. say that too yeah that's that's and that's something i said in our lead stock then i adam in terms of a doggy dog environment like i literally said you would start to see some people and, yeah. I, and i think we got a reaction because that was already the case you'll you'll get people that are just become sneaky learners start being mm. sly as if you're back i don't know about you guys but whenever i was in high school we had loads of dentists and medics and then they stopped sharing notes and things like that oh. Oh, mate, i'm not even i'm not even competing against you <laughs> and like okay what are you gonna do for like the only thing that really matters is sjt and you can't compete against each other because no. no just no one knows what they're doing for that it's it's so stupid it, it's such a like you just need to grow up yeah if you, if you become that person because there's no need for it you'll struggle way more than you would if you actually helped each other and and i think that's a massive thing you've 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 touched on yeah um, and yeah we can call out that that school if we want to because grow up yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's such much. a stupid way to do it and and if we're just being you know real about it the with the high exams you know when exams usually take place and the celebrations and the time off you have for summer you're gonna unlearn everything <laughs> you've learned in dental Literally. school anyway mate. Yeah. yeah oh my gosh <laughs> i had such Big a long time, break why, yeah like, yeah massive like <laughs> like even the summer break is long but then if you actually clock your clinical break because if you do totals usually people sort of the school say okay stop now let's we need to get all these other people passed you can you can not done dentistry for four months yeah yeah mm. And that's longer than like me. That's like the longest. It. Yeah, yeah. That's the longest. Like you haven't picked up a drill in the whole five yeah, years. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. So, so you really are starting fresh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's just, just, just like you said, there's no reason to, to act like that. Yeah. So I think those are fantastic, um, fantastic tips. And there was something. Oh, I can't remember. What, I think we were, it was it was a while back. You were saying sort of, and I, and I loved what you said. And again, this is why I sort of follow you on Instagram because you teach me these kind of stuff <laughs> as well. And it was about sort of being okay and saying that I have no idea what I want to do. And I'm, and I really think mm. online dentistry is fantastic because we've, we've got all of this. We're doing this because of Instagram yeah. dentistry and it's great. But it's, it nature's such an environment to make students especially feel that they have to know exactly what they want to do. And they have to do yeah. it now. 
and you have to be the youngest person to do it. And, and that's another thing that's so nice in hospital because you've got these people who don't post on Instagram who are actually top dogs, mm. you know? You think these people on Instagram are top dogs? You ain't seen nothing compared mm. to the people who are in hospital, the consultants in hospital. And whenever they tell you, it's like, whoa, chill. <laughs> like, you don't have to have anything figured out. Even if you get to my stage, you don't have to get fi- anything figured out. Just do a bit every time and then when you see you enjoy something do a bit more of that and then you'll you'll go the right direction you don't have to have it figured out and i thought that was just such an important thing that i wish i'd told myself and and believed in myself when i started because i would have wasted so much less time worrying and actually doing what's in front of me yeah yeah it's like with dentistry it's like you're you're like oh i love metaphors uh you've just you like walked into like a corridor full of doors okay some yeah. people will just naturally gravitate towards one door. It will easily unlock and they'll just walk straight through. Some people mm-hmm. know like all these doors are very appealing to them. Some doors they might prefer over others. But I would say don't feel that you need to go and kick a door down. Naturally, yeah. some doors are going to unlock for, for you and might take a bit, a bit, bit like a while. But eventually you'll find a door or maybe you'll just stay in the hallway and that's okay. You'll still be doing dentistry. So... <laughs> Just, just kind that. of let things, you know, let things unravel as, as they should. Um, yeah. Just have faith, I guess. Yeah. That's fantastic. I love that. And <laughs> another to, to that metaphor as well. None of the, just because you went through one of those doors doesn't mean all the rest of them just disappear. Exactly. A hundred percent. This is really That's cool. I'm loving this metaphor. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to be walking down that corridor for 50 years. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah, I think that's a lovely way to, to round off. Um, definitely, definitely. Sina, do you have any, any last words? Do you have a quote, a book, anything? Or are we going to stick on that metaphor? Yeah. Uh, oh, a book, which I haven't started. Oh, you know what? I'm a bit of a nerd. Let's get, oh, we talk about teeth too much. I'm going to, let me, give me two seconds. <laughs> Has anyone watched on Amazon? This is very graphic. Has anyone watched um, Invincible on Amazon Prime? No. No. Okay very graphic blood everywhere it's really good i'd i'd watch it if not read it it's really kind of it is but it's sort of it's very sort of like basically you've got this guy called omni man i can't believe i'm talking about this i'm gonna get slated (laughs) but basically it's like what if superman was actually not a really nice guy and uh and it's very cool it's like yeah it's like the anti okay i like that it is exactly like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, exactly yeah. like that. And um, yeah, I think probably people who listen to this podcast need to do a bit more um, than dentistry. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, like like us, and that's why we should wrap it up now. <laughs> okay, absolutely. So oh, thank you so much, Adil. Uh, that was thanks, amazing. thanks for having me. It's been yes. lovely, lovely speaking to you, to you both. Yeah, I've learned a lot yes, as well. The... Good, good. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for listening, guys. Um, please. Um, like the podcast give us a five star rating on the platform you're listening to and thanks again to Hadil for coming on and we'll see you all next week bye bye goodbye bye